Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. Today we are talking to an amazing woman by the name of Marsha Reese. And she and I met probably two, three years ago at a networking event. And I thought she was a really interesting woman. And one of the things that fascinated me about her is that she developed or created, would you say maybe invented uh, sidewalk chalk, which as a parent, I've picked up numerous times at Target and wherever. And I thought, wow, what a, what an interesting idea. And the fact that she created something so simple really fascinated me. Um, and Marsha is is on a mission to do some wonderful things. She's on a mission to make safe all natural bacteria killing products accessible to all. Well, she's talking specifically about Stay Well Copper. She's the founder and she is just an inventor. She's invented over 100 products, practical products solving everyday problems that we face as, as just everyday people. Um, after she almost died of M MRSA, staph infection in her lower spine, she became phobic about finding an all-natural chemical and drug-free way to kill the harmful bacteria that is threatening all of us. She endured six surgeries, having to learn to walk again and having final rights twice. Once she recovered, she began her research and her product development. She struggled with the side effects of what she endured to get well and wanted a non-invasive way to help all of us stay safe from the bacteria around us without contaminating our bodies with unknown or synthetic substances. In her research, she discovered antimicrobial copper has been used effectively for thousands of years but it's been swept under the rug by Big Pharma's massive billion-dollar advertising budget. She worked tirelessly to create antimicrobial copper products that are portable, easy to use, attached to the things we touch the most, and affordable. And that's how Stay Well Copper was born. So I want to welcome Marsha Reese. Mar welcome, Marsha. And, and, you know, one of the things I want to touch on before I let you talk... <laughs> is that you've actually been mentioned in Forbes, Dow Jones, CNN, MarketWatch, Reuters, um, Yahoo, um, and you've also been seen on Arizona Daily Mix and Jimmy Kimmel Live and Martha Stewart Living. That's a pretty impressive little resume. Thank so you. welcome to the show, Marsha. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm enjoying getting to know you, and I look forward to meeting your audience. Well, I, I really, I, I find you fascinating, and I think what you've what you've done is you've just lived your life the way you want to live it. And I think that right there, that's, that's inspirational because most people always find a reason not to do something, whereas you find reasons to do something. Um, so tell me, let's start with, you know, why, why are you still working? Why, why you've had a lot of challenges. Why are you still working? I get asked that question a lot because I live in Arizona and most of the people that I come in contact with have retired and I am of that age. <laughs> However, 
inside, I still feel 23. And when I'm out and about and I see something, it just happened yesterday. I saw something that is a problem that I saw repeated people experiencing. And into my mind yesterday came the solution. So actually, you don't even know this, Fazia, but on this side of my desk, there is a prototype of something that looks fabulous, and I created it yesterday. But I, I was given a gift, and I really do believe it's from God above, that my mind sees simple solutions to everyday problems, and you, you put that just perfectly. Um, I hope that I keep my mind as long as my body works, because my kids and my grandkids know if grandma dies with a product design and a marketing plan in her hand, she died happy. I don't like to play golf. I don't like to play tennis. Uh, what in the heck else? And I don't want to sew 400 quilts. What else do you do? I love to create products. It keeps me young. It keeps my brain thinking. I, it just lights my fire. So I know it's what I meant to do. Well, I agree with you in that it, it is a, it's a calling. It's a gift. I, I do agree with you. And I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear about your new product. When you, when you have that, you'll have to let me know. And we'll let our audience I, know. I will. I promise. How do you get these ideas? Where do they come from? Usually I call them my 3 a.m. God winks. I normally, <laughs> I, I go to bed with something that I was pondering and it's almost to the, almost to the minute I wake up at 3 a.m. and there's the answer in my head. And I call them my God winks because I was a bright student when I went through school, but I never ever thought I didn't know how to make a product. I didn't know what a UPC code was. Well, back then they didn't have UPC codes yet, but I didn't know anything until I stumbled into this world. And I've met people along the way. And again, it seems like the person I need to meet is just around the next corner when I have an issue I can't solve. And my biggest issue uh, in the recent years has been just trying to get my arms around this behemoth thing called technology. You know, when I invented sidewalk chalk back in the 70s, the first uh, big, big store we sold to was Walmart. And they only had 66 stores. So they were tiny and no one took them seriously. But they taught me so, so, so much. And so as I needed to know how to sell to a chain of, of six stores or 66 stores, the right person came into my life to help me figure it out. Now, I've had some scoundrels and that I'm sorry that I came into contact with, but I've been able to overcome that and keep moving forward. And it's just been fabulous. Uh, the, the rich tapestry of people I've met through the last 40 years. And now I'm at an age and stage in my life where I can give back some of the knowledge that I've learned. Well, I would love to learn some of the things that you know, not that I have a use for it, but I just like to learn. I think it's fascinating. I, I, I truly do. So one of the biggest, one of the things that you've done in your life is you have been involved with so many wonderful people. And you said that uh, in the 1990s, President Clinton sent you to Cuba. What did you do for him in Cuba? And what was that experience like? Let's talk about that a little bit. Not that everyone was, gets invited to go to Cuba by a president. So let's. That was crazy fun. And my daughter was a junior in high school and she was extremely fluent in Spanish. So she went down as my interpreter. And 
I only know a few. I studied Spanish, but so many years ago, I've forgotten most of it. So my daughter got to go with me. And that was cool because she was the first American under the age of 18 to go into Cuba since pre-Cold War. So since the 1950s. And it was wow. really an exciting experience for both of us. Um, Cuba circa 1994 was... Uh, lost in space, lost in time. Uh, they have had no forward advancement uh, for many, many decades. I was so impressed by the people. And I worked specifically with the Minister of Communication and one other governmental minister. And my mission from the president was to help them understand entrepreneurism, free enterprise, and capitalism. And those concepts are very foreign in a communist country. Yes. And the Minister of Communication actually invited me to his home for dinner. His home was extraordinarily modest. He showed me inside his kitchen cabinets where there were like six cans of food. He was growing vegetables in his bathtub. And this is a governmental minister. It was a whole eye-opening experience. Um, I truly was humbled by what the Cuban people face to come back into the 21st and 22nd century. They have a big, a big hurdle. And I know they've made, and I have gone back once since I really couldn't tell that much uh, improvements yet, but I know they they are getting there. It's a beautiful Island. And I was thrilled to be there. Wow. How did president Clinton choose you? Um, I had won some entrepreneurial awards and had taught um, a summer class at MIT on product development. And I think somehow through these experiences, I came onto a radar of a list of people who um, had been a lifelong entrepreneur and certainly a lifelong capitalist. <laughs> so I believe yeah. in I believe in creating jobs for others and and moving the money around. No, I, I love it. I think you're very modest. I, I think you've done, you really stand out. And I think that's impressive. Let's talk a little bit about how you do capitalize on your product ideas. Well, um, maybe you can talk about how you choose a product. How, how do you, maybe start that's from the, the beginning. Easy, that's okay. the easiest part. If I have a, a need and three or four or five people that I talk to have the same need. I know there's a product to be created to fill that need. Okay. And I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't create Teslas, although I would love to spend a day with Elon Musk. I would love to just watch his brain work. And I, I don't even have to say a word. I just want to trail him for a day. Wouldn't that be a thrill? Let's you, just put it out there. Maybe yes, Elon, <laughs> Elon, um, Call, call us and we'll give you my cell phone. Yes, anyway, we'll, we'll I, give out your number at the end. <laughs> Maybe uh, I, would, I really do enjoy learning from those because he invents things way past what I even dream of. I do simple, ordinary solutions to our everyday problems. Like when Sidewalk Chalk came into my world, my daughter was two and she only played with creative art products. I didn't allow my children to have battery toys. I'm an old fashioned mother who firmly believes this is a child's battery right up here. And if you force them to use it, they do. And if you give them battery toys, 
they don't have to use their brain. The, the batteries do the work for them. So my son and daughter, neither one were allowed battery toys. So she loved to play with creative art products and only blackboard chalk, the little skinny sticks from China was all that we had available back in those days. It was dusty. It was dirty. It broke. It stained clothes. It stained anything she wrote with. It was a mess and it didn't last very long. So I decided there had to be a better way. I took the, I spent, um, this, a lot of the summer of 1978 in a, a place called the library, figuring out how do you make chalk? Because I didn't know how to make chalk. Found different ideas, and I just started playing in my kitchen. My husband used to tell people I was trying to make muffins and came up with chalk, but that's, <laughs> that's just his. <laughs> but I made a lot of trial and error batches until I got this wonderful formulation. I would mix these colored batches, squeeze it out of a pastry tube onto plastic covered sheets and let it dry in the sunshine. And it was hard. It lasted a long time. It washed off with rain or water. It didn't stain. So I'm going to show you this. I don't think you've seen this. This was our very first, this is 40 some years old. This was our first package of sidewalk chalk. I love it. It does look like colored dog poop, I know. (laughs) For for those of you who can't see it, it does look like colored dog poop. (laughs) But this was the very beginning. And I show you. I love it. Because people need to see, this is the product that Walmart took into their 66 stores. And they are responsible. Sam Walton became a friend of mine. And he is responsible for helping me learn to get my product and packaging better and to learn how to ship into distribution. So after we did seven tests, uh, he gave us a 30-day test in seven stores And I had to guarantee to buy back whatever didn't sell. And he bought two gross, which is 144 times two, 288 pieces of each of our two put-ups. We had a four-pack and a six-pack for seven stores. Well, we had never sold that much chalk to any one account before. And so on the way home from the meeting, I'm thinking, how are we going to sell all this product? No one had heard of sidewalk chalk. So I got this idea. I made my kids clown costumes and got in those uh, rainbow colored wigs. My son loved it. My daughter hated it. <laughs> and then we, uh, I called each of the seven store managers and asked them if we could do a sidewalk ch- contest in their parking lots. Now, back in those days, Walmart parking lots were not busy because they were right. an unknown store. And Then I called some famous person in this little town, usually a mayor or this librarian or school superintendent or someone to come judge the contest. And I called the newspapers. These little towns all had newspapers to come cover this event. Now, the cool thing is back then, the newspapers only had their color stories on the front and back of the newspaper. All the interior pages were black and white. So our story ended up on the front cover of all these newspapers because here are these cute kids out in the sunshine drawing bright colored pictures. So we did that seven times to each of the seven stores. On We, we did two a day for three and a half days. On the fourth day, my buyer in Bentonville called me and said, Marshall, we have a problem. And I'm thinking somebody's gotten hurt. I couldn't imagine what. And he said, we are out of product. Can you get us more? I said, yes, we can. (laughs) Tell us how much and which stores. 
Well, the best problem to have. (laughs) The net of that was Fazia. We had to restock those stores nine times in those 30 days because we created a little buzz. The power of the media, the kids loved it. And I helped each of the stores stock their shelves. Back then, we had to put price stickers on every product, told (laughs) told the toy people that we were a startup company and, and who we were and where we were and just became a person to them instead of a product on a shelf. So at the end of the month, I called the buyer and said, this was wonderful. We'd like to get a few more stores. And he said, Marsha, I think you better come down to Bentonville and see me. So I made my first trip to Bentonville, flew down, and he's looking at his green and white striped spreadsheet with the sprocket holes down the side. (laughs) And he's scratching his head and he says, Marsha, I don't understand this. You are our number one selling toy in the toy department and your packaging and your presentation suck. <laughs> I just was my, took my breath away. And I said, Steve, help me make it better. So he took me out to their planogram room and we walked through the room and he showed me different packaging. And what we settled on was, I can show you this, it was molded blisters. Now this looks like a product, doesn't it? That's Absolutely. thanks to Walmart. I wish they could do this kind of work now. And so at this time, instead of the colored dog turds, it now is molded sticks, which have our I love it. embossed in them. We also had figured out how to do molded shapes. So we had circus, dinosaur, and what we called My Pretty Ponies. They were looked like a horse that looked like a My Pretty Pony. So he gave us uh, 14 stores. We went through the whole thing again, had a massive success. And then uh, he said, we did a few more tweaks on packaging. And then he gave me all 66 stores. So that led to an amazing thing. There's a man in Boulder, Colorado. His name is Bob Charles. And he invented uh, the drive-up window for McDonald's and the Happy Meal. Those were his concepts. So he called me and said he'd like to meet with me. He had heard about our product. He thought it would be a good Happy Meal giveaway for the, the Happy Meals. So I, I went in it. and I met with him. He We just had a love fest. And then he took me into Oak Brook, Illinois, where I presented to McDonald's corporate, never dreaming that they would give us a Happy Meal promotion because that was like the pie in the sky. Oh, yeah. They they planned those out so many months ahead that ours, if we got one, it'd be a few, might be a year and a half later, but we had a great meeting. So time goes on, maybe six or seven months later, I get a call one of their suppliers that was going to be doing a promotion, they had had a fire in their plant in China. And could we fill in? And so so you did. Oh my goodness. Happy meal inserts. I love it. And for those of you who can't see this, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the video and see all of these wonderful uh, surprises that uh, Marsha has. But this one looks like chalk inside of a french fry container that this is exactly what it was Mm -hmm. mcdonald's provided the fry packages that's exactly what it is um at any rate at that time 
I got a call from the executive producer of ABC World News Tonight with Peter Jennings, and they wanted to come do a story about this mom and her kids making sidewalk chalk. I love it. And I said, yeah, of course we'd love that. But but nobody like Peter Jennings ever comes to our little small town. Would he possibly consider coming to my children's elementary school and doing a short program? And he agreed. So we made the whole day about ABC News, we, where they parked the school buses. We had the high school art department come do a mural all about Peter Jennings. It was fabulous. I made 800 sugar cookies shaped like the ABC logo. I made a cookie cutter out of copper. Can you believe that? <laughs> and um, I can believe that. Anything you tell me, I will believe. <laughs> so we made the whole day about him. And then the day before the that they were to arrive, I got a call saying he was ill. Would it be okay if Greg Dobbs came? Greg was their international reporter. And I said, yes, we would love that. would be just fine. So the day ended fabulously. And they told me they would reach out to me when the segment aired. Well, this was 19, oh gosh, probably 1982 or three. I, I don't remember for sure. And I'm out sweeping my garage one evening and I hear Barry Serafin in his wonderful voice say, coming up next, a couple of kids in Colorado chalking up their future. And I knew that had to be our story. So I ran in the house, put an old VHS tape in my VHS (laughs) and we had two minutes and 40 seconds on World News Tonight. That was a 20 minute news show. And back then there was no cable yet. So it was ABC, NBC and CBS. And we were thrilled. They talked about how Walmart and McDonald's were testing our products. It was a wonderful segment on this little homespun product turning into a company. And it was over and we all were thrilled. And then reality hit. There was no cloud then. There was none of that. So if you didn't see it live, you didn't see it. And the people that I wanted to impress like my family, (laughs) didn't see it. So I was a little bit sad about that. And so I go into my office on Monday, a little bit down, because here we get this great national exposure and all for naught. But I get a call and I did have a gal who did my uh, payables and receivables. And she was my girl Friday that answered the phone things. And she called me and she said, you've got a guy on the phone, Winston Carver. Well, I knew that name. And I picked up the phone and I said, good morning, this is Marsha. How can I help you? And he said, why the F is Walmart getting all this publicity and we're not? It's exactly his opening line to me. And I said, sir, they're buying our product in all of their 66 stores and I can't get your buyers to return my call. He was a senior toy buyer for Kmart who had 4,200 stores. Wow. (laughs) So someone did see that segment and that led to him placing a drop shipped order to all 4,200 stores, which was a brain damage work. (laughs) And then shortly after that, we landed Toys R Us, we landed Target, and then the world exploded. I mean, it just just grew from there. So that little segment Mm -hmm. on ABC News, I really do think launched us with the uh, kudos to came to target I'm sorry to uh, Walmart and McDonald's for that we were in testing with them so right you don't ever know where 
the bolt of lightning is going to come. But what I would tell your listeners is don't say no, say yes. Because when he said, can you shift to our 4,200 stores? Yes. Five weeks lead time. (laughs) Can you do that, Missy? I said, yes, sir, I can. And then I hung up the phone and went, oh my God, how am I going to do this? (laughs) It was Herculean, but we did it. And it's been that way ever since. It's just when the opportunity presents, find a way because there is a way. You just sometimes have to lose a little sleep and think a little harder. Absolutely. That that is a fantastic and very inspiring story. And I I really, I I love it. I I love listening to that story. Let's talk a little bit about who did you sell your your sidewalk chalk to when you were done with this uh, event? Who has it now? Well, this was another interesting story. I was approached in 1988 by Ohio Art, which is the Etch-A-Sketch company out of Bryan, Ohio. They had seen me exhibiting at a trade show. They had seen the buzz around chalk and did have really great sales and margins. And they asked me if I'd be interested in um, joining forces. So that led to a nine-month due diligence process where we had to do audited financials and trips to their factory. They came to ours back and forth, trying to see if we could make a deal happen. At the end of the road, we did not get a deal, but I told their chairman, Bill, I love everybody I've met here. We are both Midwesterners. We have the same work ethic. I know we're not going to get a deal done today, but let's agree to always remain friends. And to this day, his sister is my sister. We call every day on the phone. We've been best friends for 40 years. That usually doesn't happen after nine months of due diligence blows up. So I went back to my factory pretty depressed because here I thought I had my company sold. And about four to five weeks later, I get a call from Gary McCoy, who was my rep in Dallas, Texas. And Gary called me and he, he always had the same line. Good morning, sunshine. How are you doing? And I said, I'm doing great, Gary. How are you? And he said, I wanted to know if you've ever thought about selling your company. And I thought, well, why would you ask? And he said, well, there's a company who wants your kind of a company, you because we were selling to everybody. We were selling into right. drug, grocery, back to school, stationery, mass market, military, premium promotion. We had we were vendors of record everywhere. And he said they have a product that has done well, and they want to flood it into a nationwide distribution system. So within about three weeks, because I had all my numbers were done. I had everything prepared to sell a company. Within about three weeks, we had our deal done. And I sold my company to the world's largest toy company, if you can even imagine that, out of Narita, Japan, a company called Bandai. And they were OEM manufacturers, meaning they made the parts for all the toy companies you've ever heard of. But they didn't have their own toy brand in the U.S., which is why none of us had heard of Bandai. But you soon will know why when I tell you the rest of this. And so I met with them. Um, Makita was a four foot six, 64 year old Japanese man. I'm a five foot nine back then, 34 year old (laughs) Caucasian woman. And he wouldn't look at me. He wouldn't address me. He wouldn't talk to me. He would only talk to my lawyers. Where is the man in the company? And my, there is no man. The company is this late. Oh, the whole (laughs) time we were associated, he would never look at me because he, men of that era and age 
do not have a high regard for women. Right. You know what I I want to do? I want to stop here and I want to pick the story up when we come back from our break. Do you want to give our listeners uh, your information as to how they can maybe get your product or uh, get in contact with you should they want to? Yes. Um, You can email me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A at staywellcopper.com. And I'd love to help any of you get your products out there. You are awesome. And if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com or you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can subscribe to our uh, magazine there, Executive Function Magazine. You can um, also take a look at our um, previous magazine issues as well as um, look at our podcast. We'll be back after these messages. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fazia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fazia works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Now means so much more today. The time to unite business-savvy entrepreneurs to a higher level is happening. Are you going to move forward or stay put? Are you willing to step up and ignite together? The answers can be found on Now Women Ignite with host Karen Wright. Karen shares her knowledge and journey along with those other amazing guests who have found success while moving along their life paths. Tune in monthly for new episodes on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executive function coach az.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. We are talking with Marsha Reese of Stay Well Copper. Welcome back to the show, Marsha. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. I, I want you to finish your story. Uh, right before uh, we went to break, you were telling us this wonderful story. So I'm going to let you go ahead and finish. 
Okay, so I'm negotiating with the chairman of the world's largest toy company. We finally get our deal done. I have to do a two-year golden handcuff working with him, and he tasked me with putting together a six-person team. And that six-person team brought, he had had this product that had done well in Japan, so he felt like if he could flood it into the U.S., he could make a massive hit. That product was called Power Rangers, and we brought it into the the distribution at Toy Fair 1991. And within 14 months, it reached a billion dollars. And he still wow. wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he still wouldn't talk to you. <laughs> I was the wrong sex. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, well, we could all change that nowadays, couldn't we? Wow. Anyway. <laughs> That's a different show. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so a lot of good products coming down my pike, a lot of good happy times. And the next major product I did that you might have used or heard of, I created the gel-filled wrist dress that went in front of keyboards and mouse pads. Yes, again, I had one. <laughs> yep, again, just filling a, a fill, fixing a problem. When I would type, the keyboards used to be thick. And when I would type, my wrist would get tired. So that was, again, practical solution to a problem. And then... Everything sounds like it's going good. I'm going all over the world, helping companies develop products, having a blast. I was on top of the mountain until I fell off. And when I fell off, I fell off big time. My 24-year marriage ended, which in my world, divorce wasn't an acceptable way to be. So that I had the stress of a marriage ending, plus the family pressures. It was a horrendous time. And with traveling nonstop, I developed a MRSA staph infection in the lowest part of my spine, which nearly killed me. As you mentioned, Fazia, I had final rights twice. I was so, so, so deathly ill. When I finally recovered, that's when I became phobic about germs and I wanted to dedicate my work to finding a way to kill germs and bacteria on the things we touch all the time, like our cell phones, like our car keys, like elevator buttons and ATM machines and blow dryers in bathrooms. And so I created Stay Well Copper, which is an antimicrobial copper that will kill 99.9% of harmful bacteria on touch. It is a fabulous product. We have it um, in seven or eight different products. You can get it so that it fits on the back of your cell phone, which is the germiest thing we touch all the time. Right. And while you're talking, texting, and touching, you're killing 99.9% of germs on your hands. And we carry 80% of our germs on our hands. So that has become my passion for the last six years. It's been a fabulous product to bring to market and the most difficult product I've ever brought to market because I've had to learn e-commerce. And for an old dinosaur, wow, that's a lot to learn. Well, I, I do want to touch on that, but I want to back up a little bit. Tell us how the Staywell Copper works. I think that's really interesting. It kills the bacteria, but how? It kills it by electrocuting the molecule, the cell wall, rupturing the DNA. And so it can't replicate, it can't morph, it is killed dead. And it is an innate feature of copper that it has this electrostatic force. It was discovered thousands of years ago by the Egyptians. 
and they used to use copper. We used it up until the 18th century, 1800s. And it wasn't until John D. Rockefeller, who was the world, our country's first billionaire in the 1800s. Can you imagine how much money a billion dollars was in the 1800s? John had enough. A lot. <laughs> yes, a big lot. He had enough money that he could buy our legislators. Isn't that a novel concept? So he bought the Congress to vote that unless a cure was prescribed by a doctor, it wouldn't be paid for by insurance. So that took out acupuncture, chiropractic, all the holistic, naturopathic cures pretty much went to the back burner. Mm -hmm. He also hired a man named Abraham Fleckner, I believe his name was, and gave him hundreds of millions of dollars to go around the country um, endowing medical colleges to teach pharmacological medicine because he, he started buying big pharma companies. And he found out if he got you to take pills every month, you had to get a new subscription, a new prescription. So he got a recurring revenue model. And that's when all the old-timer remedies were thrown away. So that's when we stopped using copper to kill germs. But it works phenomenally. And it's, 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 nature's, it's nature's hand sanitizer. I, I love it. I, I do not have one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get one from you. Great. StayWellCopper.com. Awesome. I will do that. Where, where do you get your copper? Oh, this is this is another one of these God winks. I was when I created the product ideas, I had to figure out where am I going to get my copper? How am I going to get it to stick to phones? How am I going to put clips on it so it can hook onto your keys? So I started sourcing all the components. And I happened to see a when my mom back in the 1940s and 50s, she used to use Revere Wear cookware that they had copper bottoms on these mm-hmm. pants. And I knew about Revere Copper from that standpoint. And so um, I was looking online for some material safety data sheet information because I we are all EPA registered and I wanted to make sure we were doing the right thing and that our consumers would be safe and we could stand behind the claims we make. And so I happened to Google Revere Copper and a phone number came up. I dialed the number in Google and I reached Revere up in upstate New York. A wonderful lady named Amy O'Shaughnessy answered the phone. Now, this is the Godwing. She happens to be the exec VP of marketing. She just happened to be walking by the phone and answered it. And I told her what I needed. She told me more about Revere. We we struck up a conversation that turned into a friendship. And she said, Marsha, we have been looking for a direct-to-consumer copper company for a long time. Would you be our, our company? They wanted someone to big brother and mentor. And I said, oh, my gosh, Amy, yes, we would love it. Now, that is a god. And so um, we get our copper from Revere. And here's the cool thing. They are the oldest manufacturing company in the U.S. They were started in 1796 by Paul Revere. Yes. Wow, that Revere. (laughs) Yep. He discovered that if he he got the first U.S. grant for $10,000 to build a copper rolling mill so he could roll big sheets of copper. And he found out if you put copper on the sides of our 
naval armada, the ships, that the barnacles couldn't stick to it because there was no bacteria for them to eat. They used to be stuck under the wooden hulls of ships eating all the bacteria. And those barnacles would slow our ships down in the ocean, which is why the British were always kicking our butt at naval battles until Paul Revere put copper on our sheet on our ships. So well, that, what do you know? We learned a little history today. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting though? It's fascinating. You know, I was actually thinking this morning before before you and I met, I, I was actually thinking, you know, I, I live in Virginia now. I, I should learn a little bit more about history. Like I know my family history, my family has been here since the 1600s. I know they originated in Jamestown. So I know my family has a lot to do with the history in this area, but I wanted to learn a little bit more. Now I'm, I'm every time I learn something, I'm fascinated. It's just. Wouldn't it be cool if someone in your family's lineage actually knew Paul Revere? That'd be fascinating. They would have all been hanging out at the same pubs. Well, you know, somebody was telling me, well, I I get so much information from people around here. It's like, oh, if you go here, you get to see this. And if you go here, you get to see that. I'm just, I'm truly fascinated by the history that surrounds me right now. I'm really close to Langley and the, uh, you know, the beaches and it's just fascinating out here. So like, that's what I was thinking about this morning. I need to learn more history specific to this area because, you know, it's truly fascinating. Um, Um, A cool part of the country for history. Yes, you know, and and I loved Arizona. I lived there for 37 years. I cannot say that it was not a good experience. I love Arizona. I I still have, I literally dream about Arizona at night. (laughs) Do you know that Arizona is the copper state? Yes, I did know that. (laughs) I didn't know it till I I moved here. I'd already started Statewell, but I didn't know that we were the copper state. So I felt again, must be a message. When I lived in Sierra Vista, we would go down to, um, Bisbee where they had the copper mines. And I remember I was at a small restaurant and, and there's like just this big piece of copper just sitting on the shelf, you know, oh. it, and it's a beautiful, beautiful metal. I mean, it's just really gorgeous. Um, you've had a lot of really wonderful experiences. Has anything ever made you mad? Like what, what kind of things make you mad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> Starts with an A and ends with an N, and it's called Amazon. Oh, <laughs> I've worked with. I, I think every, a lot of people get frustrated with Amazon. Uh, I've worked with every retailer for forty years. None of them have been as challenging as Amazon. They don't care about suppliers. They see if you're selling well. They knock you off. They delist you. Uh, it, it, they are the hardest company I have ever ever worked with. And I would just love to sit down with their CEO, Andy, for an hour and tell him what it's like on this side of the table. Right now, there's a seller on Amazon violating our patent, and I can't get Amazon to take their product down, although I will keep fighting it because a patent violation is a patent violation. But mm-hmm. it shouldn't be this challenging. So Amazon has been the nemesis of my, they tried very, very hard to put us out of business. Why? Why do you think that is? Um, Because they don't feel they need sellers to be powerful. Once you're selling well, they knock off your products and kick you off. 
And we now have EPA registration. We are patented. We have brand registry. We have a national trademark. So I'm now I'm a little harder for them to kick off, but they're very difficult. Very, very difficult. A year and a half ago, I was a speaker at a conference in Las Vegas that had 1,200 Amazon sellers there. And I went out on stage in an orange prison jumpsuit with my product number for my prisoner number. And I talked to them about we were selling so well until Amazon delisted us. So that was why I was at Amazon prison. And, you know, there wasn't one person at that conference that had a good thing to say about working with Amazon out of 1,200 people. And that's sad. I mean, I've worked with all the Why big do you companies. think that is? Because you like, yeah, like you just said, you've worked with other big companies. Why do you think Amazon is different? Why do you think they don't treat their people? Because they believe that it's their platform and we as sellers are just uh, glomming on to their platform and their space. But what they forget is without all of us sellers, Amazon doesn't have all these wonderful, creative, innovative products that they're by, that their customers want. But that's not how Amazon views us. They view us as uh, people who are in their platform. Hmm. They're very challenging. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, you're not the only person I've heard complain. And I, I find that fascinating because at some point that's going to be very damaging for Amazon. I think it is the most damaging feature because nobody can be everything. They, we all need each other to make a retail experience optimal. I agree with you. I I, I completely agree with you. I think if we're not helping each other out out, we shouldn't be doing harm. I mean, honestly, that's, you got to stop at a certain point. Um, well, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. And, but I have faith in you. I think you will make it successful no matter what I truly do. Um, what, what kind of things make you really happy? I know you have a lot. I mean, you only had one thing that made you mad, but what are the <laughs> things that really make you happy? I'm sure this list oh. is much longer. Oh my goodness. Just as, just as succinctly, my five phenomenal grandchildren. The joy I get watching them grow up, two of them are now driving, one of them is in college, Wow! and I still in my mind think of them as this little three-year-old and wanting me to make waffles with their names in them. And <laughs> I mean, I just, they're just such smart kids. They're polite, they're well-mannered, they're curious. I can't wait to see who and what they become as their lives grow on. My eldest grandson has a darling little girlfriend now. And I'm just like, how did this all happen? So my happiest times are when I'm texting, talking, touching my grandkids, (laughs) my friends, my family. Um, I'm happy when I well, I'm happy to get to meet you today because, well, you. you know, we did have that brief, brief conversation so long ago, but now I feel like I really know you on a different level. And I know next will be sometime when we get to meet face to face. So person, person, personal interchange, person to person time, those, those are happy times for me. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit more about your family. Do they all live in Arizona? No, no, we all live in Colorado, which is where we lived before we moved here. Uh, I have a son and a daughter and then these five beautiful grandkids. 
and two goofy grand dogs. One is is pristine, and the other one's a total space cadet dog. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened to him. His his mother must have dropped him on his head when he was a puppy, because boy, he's a wild one. But um, yeah, that that is a hard thing because I used to see him every month, even after we moved until the pandemic. And now right. we, we were much more cautious. So they'll be coming out for Thanksgiving and I cannot wait. Wow. Yes, so I can't what, wait. What kind of things do you do for the holidays? Oh, all the typical Martha Stewart stuff from a lot of cooking, a lot of decorating, a lot of uh, baking. My gra- I have one granddaughter and four grandsons. And just yesterday, she sent me a picture of a, her first pie she had made. And it was beautiful oh. with a lattice crust. And it was a cherry peach filling inside. It looked fabulous. So just um, we do all the typical stuff. And then I try to find a few adventures. I think this time, my granddaughter and my daughter-in-law and I are going to go do a spa day. And the grandson nice. and grandpa are going to go do go-kart racing, but they don't know that yet. Oh, how fun. So, yeah. Well, there's that go-kart place on Scottsdale Road. That's yep, that's fun. Exactly, yeah. That would be fun for them. We've taken them skydiving, the indoor skydiving. Um, we always try. And the last time they were here, we went out into the desert on uh, Razor um, all-terrain vehicles. Holy cow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, that's a dusty experience. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a very different experience. I'm like, you have to make sure you wear your sunglasses. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, goodness. And you have to remember that you have no cell phone coverage. So vehicle A cannot talk to vehicle B. So don't get lost from each other. Yeah. Ooh, wow. What yeah. an experience. So we try to find fun things for them to do. And of course, when they come out here, they want to spend a lot of time in the pool and just being kids. Yeah, no, it, it, that's uh, that's wonderful. It sounds like you've created just an absolute wonderful life for yourself. Is there anything that you would have done differently in your life? Oh, boy. Um, not a whole lot. I, I, I did the best I could with the times I had. Of course, I'm sorry my 24-year marriage ended. That's always a hard thing to accept. But when I was riding the chalk company to the top of the mountain, I was literally working 70 or 80 hours, sleeping for two or three. I didn't have time to keep a healthy marriage and help raise my kids and grow a company. So I that is probably my biggest sadness in life. Um, I would... I would, um, I don't know, there's not a lot I would do different. I've really been able to smell a lot of roses. I've met interesting people all over the world. I traveled the world and I'm glad I got to do it then because it's more challenging now than it was, you know, 20, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, I got to spend good time with my extended family back in Iowa, and that always means a lot to me. So not a lot I would do different. Uh, there's, I sometimes think back, maybe if I hadn't have sold my sidewalk chalk company and I had brought in a senior management team, I could have grown it into a Crayola because we had great, great, great products far beyond sidewalk chalk by then, but I didn't have the time to slow it down and find the right senior management team. Then that would probably be the main thing I would have done differently. 
Wow. Well, it sounds like you've had a fantastic run at your business and your personal life sounds wonderful. Um, what, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Last question. <laughs> Follow your dreams because you only live once. And if you make a mistake, all you have to do is dust off the dust, take two steps back and go a different direction. But I think too many people are afraid to follow their dream. And you know, when I started Sidewalk Chalk, it didn't start out as a company. It started out as a craft show project on my kitchen table when my son challenged me to let him open a lemonade stand to sell Sidewalk Chalk. So I think you just have to follow your dreams because sometimes you only get one chance. Well, even if you believe in reincarnation, which I do, uh, you only live this life once yes. and you have to make it the best life possible. And so I completely agree with you. And I think a lot of people get held back by fear. Uh, you know, I'm afraid if I do this, I will lose X, Y, and Z or whatever it might be. And, and I think it's really important that people live their life without fear. And you the know? other thing I would offer, take care of your health, because without your health, you have no wealth at all. Your health is your wealth. And that's why I'm so passionate about Stay Well Copper. We, we, My husband and I have not had a cold for six years. No COVID. We don't use hand sanitizers. I don't want to rub those chemicals into my skin. So um, yeah. you take care of your health. It truly is your wealth. I agree with you. So one last time, if you can give people your information as to how they can contact you. Oh, please reach out. I'm at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at staywellcopper.com. Our website is staywellcopper.com. And if you want to drop me an email and let me know that you heard about me here, I'll send you um, a special uh, offer. We'll, whatever you order, we'll double it as our gift and as our gift to... to uh, your, your audience. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That is a wonderful offer. Um, and if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can email me directly at Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. If you're interested in being a guest on our radio show, or you would like to be a, um, a writer for the magazine, you can contact me directly for that as well. Uh, if you're interested in coaching, uh, you can contact me through our website, Executive Function Magazine. I'm sorry, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And you can also subscribe to our magazine um, on the uh, website as well. Um, I just want to quick, quickly thank all our listeners, um, especially those in China, the Netherlands, Ireland. Um, without you, none of this would be possible. And um, I, I think you're all wonderful. And I hope that this was an inspiring show for you. And our newest product is uh, we are just now offering a mind print assessment. So if you're interested in a mind print assessment, please give me a call at 480-648-1122, or you can email me as well, and we can get you set up. That's going to help your child create a uh, more positive pathway to success. So uh, once again, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.